Did you know that you're weird? You're wonderfully weird. Join us for the next few minutes as Drake Hunter, Senior Pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the upcoming book, Wonderfully Weird, helps us to understand how to live that wonderfully weird life to the fullest every single moment of every day. I'm your host, John Waters. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living with pastor and author, Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to the Wonderfully Weird Living podcast. I'm John Waters, your host. With me as always, author and pastor, Drake Hunter. Good morning, sir. Good morning and hello. Good to uh, see you once again. Uh, Seems like it's been like two days since I've seen you. Yes, I think it was two hours, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always a pleasure. Of course, um, we uh, uh, this last week had the opportunity to uh, be a part once again of the Global Leadership Summit, which is a huge event, and Elevating Life Church uh, is a premier host site for that. And so we gathered with 30-plus other people for world-class leadership training. Yes, and the content this year was unbelievable uh where uh you know we we really received some great i almost say information but let's say good information uh a lot of content uh, and at the end of that leadership summit mind blown right but at the same time uh that content was relative enough that we can sit down and kind of reflect and say this is what we're going to take from it it was like a smorgasbord but at the same time there was two uh two two pieces two nuggets that i I took away from it and uh what a wonderful experience and training time that was for leaders i have a whole list of things i took away from it but i've made the commitment to work on them one at a time (laughs) yes focus right (laughs) focus that's difficult sometimes when there's such good content right so uh want to uh remind people that'll be coming up again next august so uh, you can actually register now get the super early bird rate and uh, save a lot of money and get your seat saved for next year yeah i'm excited my wife and i are going to be heading to chicago to actually uh they call it the debrief there and so we're going to be in chicago next week with uh some of these folks and just uh we we give feedback and we we celebrate uh the the with the entire faculty and and some of the uh speakers there so looking forward to that next week to kind of wrap this up and to see what the world is actually saying about the entire experience yeah well and something else very exciting uh we've been talking about your upcoming book wonderfully weird and uh, that is uh, getting closer and closer to completion and and release. And in fact, uh, you sent me and some others uh, from the church this morning the uh, the proof of the cover. And wow, it's beautiful. Yeah, when I opened that up this morning from the publishing team, I was just. Uh, you're always looking for that essence, right? Or that feeling going, wow, they knocked it out of the park with, you know, with a little discussion we had as a concept team a couple of months ago where uh, we came together and, and uh, they nailed it. Perfect uh, cover. And, uh, and of course, uh, that mystery is going to stay out there and for another couple of months until we release it. But yeah, what a, what a beautiful cover that turned out to be and, and very attractive and, and hopefully appealing enough to people that London to see what this book is all about. Absolutely, yeah, very, uh, very much catches the eye and and uh, is intriguing. I guess would be the best word to use uh, when you see that cover. It's very intriguing and makes you want to look deeper into it. Yes, and of course, the I'll give a little bit of away the pink, the pinkness, if you will. 
uh, goes to the glory of my uh, little granddaughter, small G Glory, but uh, she, she, that was her idea, along with uh, some other ideas that my son and our family had and some folks in the church, so it all came together uh, uh, nicely. That'll be coming up soon. We'll keep you up to date on uh, release date and such uh, for the book Wonderfully Weird, uh, written by our own Drake Hunter. Well, Drake, uh, let's talk about this past Sunday's message, uh, uh, More Than a Feeling. And, of course, we used the song by Boston as uh, to set up the theme. Uh, but uh, what an incredibly um, mind-catching uh, message that was uh, in every aspect. Yes, and it should have been very uh, interesting to to the, our culture because, uh, as we know, John, that one of the struggles that we have in our Christian faith is we tend to kind of lean on those feelings to kind of tell us, uh, you know, what the truth is. And when we do that, and, and of course feelings is part of it as we'll talk about, but we have to understand that our faith is more than a feeling. And and uh, when I was just uh, praying over this, uh, researching, investigating, that thought came to mind and, and the message came together nicely because without a shadow of a doubt, uh, when it comes to our commitment, our engagement, we have to understand our faith is more than a feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you started with uh, a passage from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, uh, verses 19 and 20, uh, where Jesus is speaking. And, and everybody is pretty much aware of this passage Yes, uh, where he says, I truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Now, explain that a little bit in the context of the message. Well, you know, this verse, I remember studying this in seminary through my hermeneutics class and uh, through the original language. And, of course, typically it's it's a verse or verses that we use in the sense of uh, understanding the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, it's absolutely true when it comes to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. But I believe many, most of us, miss uh, the content within this, the context of this verse, where here Jesus is speaking and revealing the three factors of our faith clearly. Uh, and the clearness is the end of this verse where he says, there am I with them, uh, understanding that that behavior, that essence of Jesus and the set of beliefs of the Father all come together. And it's that essence or that that spirit, that breath of, of now where two or more are gathered that actually uh, express or excuse me, yeah, express uh, the personhood of the Holy Spirit. And in this verse, you see the Godhead. And that was my point to come out and say, okay, let's divide this up clearly in three sections where we see in part, we learn in part, but then we come back together and realize that it is in the integrity of this these verses that really show the factors of the Christian faith. And and that was that was the the I'll say context as you did. And then the content of that where hopefully we have a different understanding of our responsibility when it comes to fearing God and truly living this out. Well, it seems as if, uh, unfortunately, in the Western world, in the Christian faith, that uh, there are kind of two schools of thought, and you you briefly mentioned it there, but 
there's the school of thought of I go by my feelings because that's the Holy Spirit telling me what to do. And so I just rely completely on my feelings. Then there's the other school of thought that says no feelings at all. It has to be black and white. It has to be exactly what the Bible says, word for <laughs> yes. word. Yes. And uh, neither one of, uh, while both of them have an essence of truth to them, neither one of them in and of themselves are complete. And that's what you were saying about living in part. Yeah, you're living in part. And, and I'm going to go to John 4 here. Uh, I believe 23 and 24, that the, the entire story, uh, if you will, that, that narrative of the woman at the well with Jesus, where if you recall, Jesus says there's going to be a day that uh, the Jews and the Samaritans come together and worship on this mountain. And this ver these verses here that we uncovered on Sunday really express that conversation well because if you truly understand that there are a set of beliefs, yes, that's the Jewish mm -hmm. population in Jesus' day. They're black and white. Can I say fundamental in nature? Nothing wrong with that. It's wrong when you live in part and you believe that is the whole. So... We only have part. And then on the other side, uh, we can say more charismatic in nature, the Samaritans, or today would be the charismatic type of approach in the sense of our theology, and they live in part. And then we're not agreeing with one another, as this verse says, and what happens is we live in part over on this side, and uh, on the other side, we have that very feeling, charismatic experience, but Jesus is coming. You guys need to come together because that is the integrity of faith. And when that comes together, there, he says in the verses we used in, eight, in Matthew 18, there I, am I with you. And we see this conversation going on in John 4 with the woman at the well. But he comes back and says, on this mountain, we will experience or worship God together. Boy, once we understand that, and then we go after that in the sense of those things that uh, are above the earth, if you will, things above the, the sun, as the book of Ecclesiastes puts it, then we're going to be living in the integrity of our Christian faith with, now let me say this, one another instead of in this very uh, divided culture that we live in today when it comes to the doctrine of the church. So it doesn't say, it does not say to live or to worship in spirit or in truth, it says right. to worship in spirit and in truth. That's right. And if you think about it, we can take that truth because truth provides direction. It's true north for the Christian, yes? Mm -hmm. And so with that, well, of course, you're going to be uh, concrete and fundamental about that, that direction. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to change that, and it should not because God's uh, purpose for overall relationship with him and your neighbor never changes. However, the essence of that belief now must come in play. How, that experience that we now have, which is when it comes to the individual and even us collectively with emotions, feelings and emotions, that is the experience itself. So the direction along with the spirit, the, the energy, must come agreed together so that we can live, I'm going to say capital S here, as it says in Matthew 4, live together in this, in this manner that's worthy of the gospel, uh, worthy of the gospel, or we can say where we're experiencing now together the personhood of the Holy Spirit. So now we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we are right in the middle of that. And when you're there, 
serenity exists, meekness, uh, humility, everything we see in the Gospels through the, the activity or those commands of Christ. So on Sunday in the message, Drake, you presented uh, the three parts, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we wanted to take some time and look at each of those and, and discuss them a little bit more, and that is uh, beliefs, uh, feelings or experiences, yes. and behaviors or, or um, attitudes, if you will. Um, so let's take each of those individually and uh, study them in part, and okay. then bring them back together as a whole yes so the first factor condition of of that christian faith where we're living in the integrity of it is uh belief and of course we can see belief and the responsibility uh belongs to god the father now god the father is the original poet of life if you will uh is is the one who created and designed life beliefs the way uh, they are to be because he wants to be with you and I. He wants a relationship with us. And so, of course, with those set of beliefs, uh, we have to uncover those properly, objectively, as I shared on Sunday, versus uh, subjectively. Because uh, like the song, as I shared, uh, when we, when we um, try to interpret it for us, through that experience, let's use the song, let's go back to more than a feeling. When we, you and I, who are not the writer of the song, experience the song, and then we say, this is what it means to me. What happens is we have all kinds of different beliefs about the song or meaning, and then what happens is we have 500 different meanings of the song, but the person who wrote the song is the one responsible to make sure that that meaning stays uh, in place and has integrity. But uh, a lot of people come up to me, well, you can interpret uh, the Bible in so many different ways. Yes, in your selfishness, I agree with that. However, when you put discipline in into it, when you realize it's not about me, I'm not the creator of the world or the experience, God is. And so with that, we have to discipline ourselves and step out of ourselves to truly understand the meaning. And that takes work, that takes effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and isn't that one of the standards of being a Christian is effort? Mm-hmm. And if we're not putting effort towards that, the objective side and really getting to, uh, to the set of beliefs that are, are core to life and living with God and your neighbor, you will never get there. You'll never experience the, the, the fulfillment or the promised land, as the Bible puts it, because then you yourself are putting yourself in the shoes of God, and then you're going to, make, you're going to create that meaning. And then we have a mess, don't we? We have chaotic. Well, and uh, it's turning, turning the whole thing upside down, starting yes. at the wrong end. Yeah. And we have to humble ourselves to the point where i got to quit being right in my feelings, because that's how most people live, John. If you think about it, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this here in the next condition with feelings. But when we walk into, let's say, a service, does this feel right to me? Well, mm-hmm. depending on your tradition, depending on you know your history or your experience, uh, you better be careful with how you answer that, uh, because as you well know, we have a lot of people that visit our church, and the first thing they they do is like, oh, this this feels, and it's important we put that essence out there and make sure that the feeling feels right, the mood of the church. But at the same time, uh, when you make a decision, I like this or I don't like this, and that's my source, me, my own ego, 
you're going to miss the mark oftentimes, and you'll find yourself just kind of existing uh, in your likes or dislikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was listening to somebody yesterday, Dennis Waitley, brilliant uh, uh, man of God of leadership, where he says, you know, if you're living in this, ah, I like you or I don't like you, you're just going to be running from here and there just like an animal. Mm-hmm. And that's, isn't that what we do? We either run from it because we don't like it or we fight it or we get paralyzed and then our feelings go away. And so back to the beliefs, though, we have to be objective. Now, I had a discussion with one of our members. She came up to me and says, hey, I want to take uh, I want to take a hermeneutics class, which is hermeneutics is just how you interpret uh, uh, language for us. It's going to be the Bible. And I said, "Okay, that's that's wonderful. Are you going to um, uh, are you going to be becoming a teacher or perhaps uh, a preacher. She's like, no, I'm just kind of curious. And I said, well, perhaps you can put all that energy into it, but if that's not your responsibility, then find somebody like myself or, or you, John, where trust us, we're using this process mm-hmm. to get you closer to God because we want the best for you. And you don't necessarily have to um, go through the, the discipline of that. That's not your responsibility. It's like that would be like me, John. If you think about it, I, I got to have heart surgery. So what I'm going to do now is go learn how to be a heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. No, let your heart surgeon do that for you. Trust, and then go do your mission. Otherwise, you're going to miss the boat or your own calling. Mm-hmm. So the whole point there is, well, if, if you don't have those tools, you find out the people who do that are disciplined has your back, as we say in our church. They have careless trust. I got your back. And then they understand how I come up with the truth, how you come up with it, John. And that is uh, trusting us in the sense of our roles and responsibility as elders and pastors in the church. So, again, my point there is, are you going to spend all this energy because you're going to keep perhaps your pastor in check because I'm that person? Or are you really going to be using it to further the kingdom of God as a teacher, as a pastor, or whatever? Because mm-hmm. oftentimes we we mean well, but um, through that you're just you're missing the opportunity to truly do your purpose or your call. I should say your calling, and you're keeping everybody in check and doing that. Nothing wrong with it if you want to do it, but I say go objectively, go train in your calling, and then bring that all together and see if we don't become a true uh, fulfilled church together. Because you're doing your part, I'm doing my part, so. If you can't do that, you make sure the person that's doing it for you can at least sit down with you and say, this is the process, this is how you come up with the objective truth of God. And there's there's many tools for that. And, of course, that can be informal or formal. But does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So before uh, before we're able to move on and talk yeah. about the how to use your feelings and your experiences, have to make sure that you have the proper beliefs in place. Yeah. Um, and I was telling you before we went started recording this. For me, it's like uh, a tree. If you know that you want a certain type of tree, that's the kind of seed you're going to plant. Yes. You plant the proper seed yes. for what you want to produce. And if you're just throwing any kind of seed you find in there, you can't expect it to produce right. what you want it to produce. Yeah, you got to make sure that you got the right seed, right? If you're going to mm-hmm. plant an, uh, you know, an apple tree <laughs> and a healthy why, seed. So, and rather than 
what you're, you know, I mean, you're going, yeah, healthy seed, but you, you got to make sure that is the seed that's going to produce, and we'll say the fruit of the Spirit. If not, you're going to miss the mark every time. And, and that's so. why we spent a year last year going through the commands of Christ to yeah. plant those seeds. That is the seed, those commands of Christ. Yes, the commands of Christ that are clear in the Gospels and actually revealed in the Old Testament. That's the reason Jesus came to say, hey, uh, these, uh, let's say, 50 commands, nearly 50 commands, these seeds are, are presented throughout the entire Old Testament. Now I'm going to come and show you how you experience these beliefs as a human being. And so they're missing the mark, of course. But then uh, here comes Jesus, and he turns that around and says, here's the seed, here's the seed. And then we have, um, we'll say, 50 seeds uh, of belief, if you will, which it makes up our value system. Because any one person has over 10,000 beliefs. I share that in my book coming up. And uh, so how do you discern those beliefs? Or, as I shared on Sunday, what boundaries? Well, Jesus Christ is our boundary. We're Christians. And those 50 beliefs are the boundaries of who we are in the sense of our belief system, our values, our purpose, our dreams, our goals. And we can go all the way to the very activity that uh, we find ourselves in every day. So now we have the beliefs, the proper seeds planted. Yes. Now we add in, uh, we use our feelings and our experiences then yes to grow that tree, if you will. Yes, the song is more than a feeling, but we do have to understand once the, the seed is set, we've got the set of beliefs, and we're doing that now, it's the experience, it's, it's work, it's effort. Uh, a tree doesn't grow overnight. Uh, and so now you put a, you've got a set of experiences, and if those experiences are not proper, then that seed is not being taken care of. And if the seed isn't being taken care of, you're just going to have a mess and result, no fruit at all, mm -hmm. most likely. And if you do have the fruit uh, because of, let's say, wrong experiences, uh, you're going to have fruit that nobody, it might even look good on the outside, but you take one bite of it, it might taste terrible. Full of worms. And then yeah. our our uh, standard of conducting our lives in such a way to benefit others, it looks nice, but once you take it, it's not benefiting me. In fact, I'm going to spit it out, mm -hmm. even though it is an apple. We can speak, speak to the Christian who, who is, you look really good on the outside, but are you sweet and tasty on the inside in the sense of what that seed should produce with the proper experience that's going to produce that fruit uh, in the sense that's going to truly be a benefit for everyone who experiences it. I even think of it from the standpoint of practical experiences in, in my life, for example, things that happened to me or things that uh -huh. I experienced that I could use either from the wrong set of beliefs and use it as a, uh, you need to feel sorry for me, you need to do <laughs> things for me because I went through this experience, rather than uh, the proper set of beliefs in place where I am able to say, these are things that happened to me. I didn't care for them. However, through those, I can now maybe help others um, that God brings into my life that are experiencing the same type of thing to help them then right. plant the proper seed and use that. You just sparked something here, John. I'm, I'm kind of chuckling. Uh, of course, you can't see it, but hopefully you hear it in my tone. Uh, you know what came to mind? You, let's go back to your, your tree analogy. 
where you have a responsibility to grow mm -hmm. uh, these seeds. But if anybody has grown anything and they want healthy um, production, if you will, they have to use manure. Mm -hmm. And failures in the sense of where you're going here is nothing more than the manure that we need to truly bring that proper fruit. Meaning, if you're not using manure properly uh, in the sense of this growth process, your failures, let's say you're using it as you shared it, pity, uh, you know, it's, it's wrongly used. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's set aside. You're not using it for the benefit of the experience so you can produce. If you're just having that pity party or you want people to entitle you or what enable you, uh, you're missing the mark. Rather, we need to learn how to use those failures as manure to help grow. To fertilize. To, to fertilize, to help that experience, to truly uh, produce the fruit that is expected. And we, we experience in Galatians 5, and those nine fruits of the Spirit are just part of it because the experience goes with the commands of Christ where you have to make sure in the method of who you are, you're putting humility in place, that uh, serenity is part of your makeup, and of course all the different habits that we see Christ, that's the method, that is the experience we put in place to produce the fruits of the Spirit. And again, with that, you're going to mess up, I promise you. Mm -hmm. In fact, most are going to mess, mess up in the next couple of hours. Yeah. Well, you can have a pity party, but I'll share with what I share with my six-year-old granddaughter, suck it up, buttercup, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and use that failure to grow, develop mm -hmm. that manure, if you will. And that's just a, for some reason that came to my mind. Somebody probably put that in my mind a while ago. So, <laughs> uh, But that, that's so true, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we've got to do it properly. Absolutely. If we're not, uh, we're not going to produce that sweet uh, fruit. And we're not going to feel it. We're not going to uh, – and then what happens is if we don't have the objective belief or the objective truth direction in place, we're going to do it our way. And then, like my wife and I many times trying to plant a garden, we don't know what we're doing. Why isn't there any fruit coming <laughs> year after year? Well, it's because we got to be objective with it. we got to go after it if we're going to do it properly. Absolutely. Plant the proper seed, <laughs> use the proper tools, yeah. put the proper fertilizer on and, and yeah. water it properly and all that. That's that growth. <laughs> well, we'll let this episode be all one big metaphor. How's that right? sound? Right, <laughs> exactly. That's how I think best yeah, I is do in too. metaphors. So. Well, and, then, and then by doing that properly, then you produce the proper fruit yes. from that tree, which is uh, the third point that you made, and that's the, the behaviors or the attitudes Yes, and and the behavior, you know, you think about that. I, I think we don't realize we don't we're not awake to this. That's why we have to be mindful. Your behaviors are there for other people to experience. Mm -hmm. uh, just like an apple tree, an apple tree, an apple does not exist for the apple tree itself. Right. It's there for for others to enjoy the fruit. And of course, uh, we're going to do the best we can in the sense of the setting the belief with this experience of developing and growing this tree, let's say, where we're producing this fruit, where people, where we're conducting our lives in such a way that we are benefiting others. And they truly live in the, the goodness of that. Let me say this, in the holiness of that with the proper seed in place, and then in the goodness of that through the character or the experience of that, and then the behaviors 
come. And you don't have to do anything. Right. So, uh, and we were talking about that earlier where that's kind of the challenge. Well, then other people see that fruit. It looks delicious. Yeah. They want to find out more. So they take a bite of it and they want more and more of it. And isn't that exactly what Jesus has called us as Christians to do? Yes. To uh, allow other people to experience him through us. Yes. And that's being worthy or you know our conduct our behavior we can even see say manner our manner now is worthy of the gospels mm-hmm. or the yeah the four gospels and one gospel good news and then worthy of what of not only the principles of Jesus that he presents but the habits or we can say the the fruits as well or or the the way we are to live and when that's proper people are drawn in because then we're truly living in that true happiness or fulfillment of life. And I call it in my book, A Wonderfully Weird Life, because very few people, that road is narrow. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that focus, that decisiveness, if you're going to live that type of life. But that is that, com- that comes with the commitment you made with Jesus. That is that engagement that you decide to do it with others, and you do it together. You cannot do it by yourself ever. It does not exist. Absolutely. We're rapidly running out of, course, of time here, of Drake. Yeah, it just goes so fast. I can't believe it when I look at the clock. But we do have three, um, I guess, kind of questions, uh, uh-huh. thoughts that we want to leave with people uh, based upon your message and based upon what we presented. And, and I'm going to throw these out there and then I'll let you give your final thoughts. How about that? All Perfect. right. Perfect. So first of all, are your feelings rooted in your beliefs or are your beliefs rooted in your feelings or your experiences? Which is the driving factor there? Let's put it that way. Secondly, how do you use your feelings and experiences that are rooted in the beliefs of Christ? How do you then use those to continually examine and modify your own values and attitudes? And then how do you then take those values and attitudes, your behaviors, if you will, and bless others through that? So it's coming from the seed all the way through the tree out to the fruit yes. and we have to we have to examine ourselves through that entire process yes perfect questions to examine and hopefully with your life group that you're you're connecting and answering those questions let me just leave uh, with something very practical uh, especially with this discussion we have with belief versus behavior and John you shared this earlier so many people are are living or trying to change their behavior just based on their own traditions and all that. Let me say this, practically speaking, how do you change a behavior? You change the belief. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that we understand that because once we go after, we examine a behavior, it's not lining up properly with the good news with Jesus, then what we need to do is change that behavior. But we don't do it by uh, punishment or reward system. Uh, We do it in the sense of going back to the set of beliefs. You put the proper belief in place, and I guarantee it, the behavior will change. And once you put that belief in place, don't be afraid just believe 
That's my last thought. <laughs> Great place to stop. All right. So uh, there you go. This week's uh, uh, foray into uh, the mind of Drake, if you will. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, once again, we want to uh, just thank you for being a part of this podcast, for listening in. We invite you to join us uh, by sending us your questions, your thoughts, uh, your comments to our uh, email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from from you even if it's just say hey you guys uh, doing a great job we love to hear that so thank you very much for those messages so for drake hunter uh the author of wonderfully weird living i'm john waters thank you for listening in to wonderfully weird living find out more about your uniqueness when you get your own copy of drake's book wonderfully weird available in the fall of 2019 And please email us with your questions or comments at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. Join us again next time as we continue to explore Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters. Thank you for joining us.